This is the Turn on the Jets podcast. Darnold throwing. Deep ball. He's got Anderson for the touchdown. Sam Darnold delivers. Shows me. Shows me he can be a star. And now, here's your host, Joe Caparoso. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Turn on the Jets podcast. I'm your host, Joe Caparoso owner of TurnOnTheJets.com. This week we're going to be joined by longtime Turn On The Jets writer and podcaster, Dalvin Asario. Uh, he's going to join us at about the eight or nine minute mark. And uh, you're going to notice that when we do the interview, I have a little bit of an echo when I'm asking my questions to him. So I really let Dio kind of run with the majority of the analysis in the back half of the podcast. So I'm going to do a little eight to 10 minutes here at the top um, where I could talk a little bit because I let Dio kind of run the show in the back half here. Uh, before we jump into everything, I want to remind you guys our podcast is brought to you by Get Around, and we're giving away free tickets to the game this Sunday for Jets Colts. So uh, we're still tweeting out and sharing out the survey link. We're still sharing out the link to sign up for the app. Best way to rent a car, best way to make money from renting your own car in the greater New York City area, kind of like Airbnb, four cars. Uh, so check out Get Around. Make sure to sign up for that. And if you fill out that survey, you've got a good chance to win Jets and Colts tickets. So, speaking of Jets versus Colts, let's talk about the matchup a little bit. Uh, I think this Colts team reminds me a lot of the Andrew Luck Colt teams that we saw in the final years of Ryan Grigson, right? They're going to be able to move the football thanks to Luck. Uh, they're going to have a high-volume passing game, but they still struggle playing defense. They still struggle protecting Luck, and they still turn the football over a lot. So the Colts are 1-4 right now. They've allowed 34 points in three of their five games. So this is a really good opportunity for Sam Darnold to build on last week's performance and for this offense to get up around the 30-point mark again, which they cleared against the Lions and they cleared against the Broncos last week. Uh, defensively, the defense has been the stronger unit so far this year. Actually, the DVOA rankings came out today, and the Jets, of all things, are ranked second on special teams, uh, but they're also ranked in the top 10 on defense. Uh, offensively, they're down, I think, in the bottom five or six, so that kind of netted them out at 17 overall, which feels about right for, for where they are right now. I think defensively, especially with Tremaine Johnson and Buster Screen out, the Colts are going to move the football a little bit, and that's fine as long as you're bending and not breaking. Uh, in the red zone, and they're able to force a couple of luck turnovers. You know, we all remember that 2015 game against the Colts where the Jets turned luck over four or five times. He did have their way with them in the back half of 2016, but that was kind of a lost season altogether. So I would anticipate, you know, the Colts being able to move the ball. I think this game comes down to can the Jets force a couple turnovers, and can they batten down the hatches again in the red zone like they did against the Broncos and make the Colts kick field goals instead of letting them score touchdowns. Offensively, I do think they're going to be able to move the ball and put up a decent amount of points. I don't know if they're going to run for you know the 300-ish yards that they ran for last week, but as long as they can have a solid running game, that's going to make life that much easier on Sam Darnold. And this Colts secondary is very vulnerable. So hopefully we get a game where both Quincy Inouye and Robbie Anderson can get going. Uh, it was awesome to see Anderson get going because that really takes the top off the Jets defense and opens everything up underneath in the passing game and then in the running game as well. So look, I, I do think this is a favorable matchup for the Jets and we're going to see how much this team has progressed from last year because they lost a couple of these games last year. Games that they quote unquote should have won. I'm thinking back to the Denver game. I'm thinking back to the Bucks game. Jets completely no-showed those and lost those. There's no excuse for the Jets to lose this game at home to the Colts. I understand they're feeling themselves after beating Denver, but 
you need to find a way to be consistent and not get too high where you come out with a weak performance the following week. The Jets got to take advantage of this game because the next two Vikings at home and at the Bears are challenging. Those are two of the better teams in the NFC. You know, you got to throw away the Vikings record because they have a really tough loss to the Rams and they had that fluke game to the Bills. But it looked like they were back on track last week against Philadelphia, and that's one of the more loaded rosters in the NFL. And the Bears have one of the best defenses in the NFL, and they're going to be in their home building, and that's going to be a hell of a challenge for a 21-year-old rookie quarterback. So you win this game, you get yourself to 3-3, three and three, uh, and you kind of stabilize the season after that rough three-game losing streak, and then you see where you could go from there has after they play the Vikings and Bears, they get the Dolphins and Bills again. So maybe a chance to get back up around 500 before they hit their bye week. Uh, Something I did share out, here's how all the rookie quarterbacks are pacing so far. So Baker Mayfield, 107 pass attempts. He has a 59 completion percentage, 7.8 YPA, three touchdowns and five turnovers. Darnold at 149 attempts at a 55.7 completion percentage, 7.1 YPA, seven touchdowns, six turnovers. Josh Rosen, 59 attempts, 49% completion percentage, 6.5 YPA, two touchdowns, one turnover, and Josh Allen, 122 attempts, 53% completion percentage, 6.1 YPA, five touchdowns, three of which are rushing, and six turnovers. So Allen, you know, in particular, has really struggled the past few weeks. I'd say he's been the worst of the four so far. Rosen's numbers aren't pretty, but he is dealing with a ton of drops in a really rough situation overall in Arizona. I think Mayfield has probably been the best of the bunch. I think that's fair to say. I know some Jet fans uh, would give the nod to Darnold, but I think Mayfield... You know, despite some of the turnover problems, which were really condensed mostly of that Oakland game, has done a really good job giving a shot of life to that Browns offense. And look, Mayfield's 24, 23, 24. Darnold's only 21. And I think what Darnold's done through five games is really impressive when you consider he is a 21-year-old who immediately became the face of a franchise in New York and has held up really well under that circumstance. You know, his numbers are not perfect. They're not flying off the page, but he's got a YPA up over seven. He's got more touchdowns and turnovers. He does not have any fumbles yet this season, and he's shown a consistent ability to attack the football down the field, which is important because we don't want to see you know, the dink and duck, so you have a 65 completion percentage, but you're not moving the football at all. And I think that would be concerning if he had a YPA down in the low sixes or the high fives. So I think Jeff fans should be happy. We're about a third of the way through the season. There's been some ups and downs as to be expected. But I think overall, it's been an encouraging start for him. And he's holding up really well compared to the other rookie quarterbacks, especially when you factor in his age and that, you know, to be candid, the Jets have a middle-of-the-road roster and a middle-of-the-road coaching staff. And that's probably being generous. I think most people would put both of those things in the bottom third of the NFL. So a good opportunity for him this week to build on what he did against Denver. I think really put a little more of a gap between those touchdowns and turnovers. His interception last week was on a deflected pass. So maybe he doesn't get that bad luck again this week and uh, is able to stay out of the turnover column. Only other thing to watch this week, uh, we're very likely not going to get Tremaine Johnson and Buster Screen. Uh, That means we'll probably see a lot more of Daryl Roberts and Perry Nickerson. Could also see the Jets rotating through a guy like Rashard Robinson, who's now been moved to the active roster. So curious to see how that Jets secondary holds up uh, with a few different pieces missing, although Johnson had really struggled to start the year, which is frustrating considering how much he's being paid. And Screen has really had a consistent concussion problem these past few seasons, so... That's something to monitor, not just for the rest of the year, but for his long-term NFL career, although I don't necessarily think he's going to be a guy who's going to be back next year. So curious to see how guys like 
Roberts and Nickerson do with a little more extended playing time. I'm sure they're going to give up their share of plays, but I think it's a matter of, again, like we said at the beginning, making sure you're tightening up in the red zone and holding the Colts to field goals instead of touchdowns. All right, we're going to jump into our interview with Dalbin now where he's going to give a little analysis on how the team is how the team looked last week, how they match up with the Colts, and what he thinks of the rest of their schedule. Um, again, make sure to subscribe to this podcast on iTunes. Turn on the Jets. Leave us a review. And we are now joined by today's guest, not really a guest, really? Our, you know, our longtime co-host, very busy man these days, Mr. Dalbin Asario. Dalbin, how you doing? Uh, you know what, Joe? It's funny. I, I, I'm now thinking that you are only saving me for wins. I'm like the victory cigar, like Darko Milicek was for the Pistons when Larry Brown drafted him. I wouldn't play him. I only come on after we win. But no, honestly, like I always say, it's always a blast to be on talking with you, talking Jets football, um, and still carrying the TOJ banner as the as uh, the emeritus of the group. So I'm very excited to be back. I mean, Gio, you're the optimist. We got to have you on after these wins. <laughs> That's what? True. That's true. So what was your initial reaction going into this Denver game? And were you surprised by the performance of the performance? Um, so here's the thing. So like the Denver is such a weird team, right? Because I think they have talent on both sides of the ball. They have arguably one of the best pass rushing duos in football with Von Miller and Bradley Chubb. And then you have Shane Ray and, and Jack Barrett at the outside linebacker position. And then they have corners in Bradley Roby and Chris Harris Jr. And they have, you know, a really good running game with Royce Freeman and Demarius Thomas and Emmanuel Sanders and a decent O-line. And arguably for me, one of the more overrated quarterbacks in football in Case Keen. Them. But I, I, I don't. I wasn't surprised that the Jets won. I was honestly surprised at how they won because I figured that this was going to be a game where we got. Cleveland Brown, Sam Darnold, but the Jets were able to weather that storm and lean on the running game. And what I did not expect was an offensive explosion, the likes of which we hadn't seen in about three weeks, you know? So like, again, they, Robbie Anderson had two big touchdowns. Terrell Pryor had a really great catch. And and again, for a guy who's been much maligned by me, I have a blood feud with the Pryor family going back generations. So my foot will remain on his neck, but for a guy who was much maligned and who had come out and kind of talked about his role and had a really nice catch, uh, Quincy Anua was pretty much invisible. He did not have a, a he didn't have a catch at all. So this was his first bad game. But the defense, man, I think I I'd expected the Jets to have trouble with the receivers. They didn't really until very late. They've been able to generate pressure without an edge rusher, and I it just makes me giddier to see them with an edge rusher. But no, I was not surprised that they won. I was just very surprised at how they won. Yeah, I thought it was just encouraging because it was an all around performance, right? You saw. The big play on special teams again from on right. setting up points. You saw the defense uh, really getting after Case Keenum and Todd Bowles getting creative with his different blitzes to manufacture a pass rush, which he's been a little inconsistent with. But when he dials it up like he did against Denver, we see how effective he can be from a scheming standpoint. And then offensively, you know, the numbers from Sam Darnold don't pop off the page, but they're a little misleading, right? Because there were drop passes, there were a couple missed pass interference calls. What's important is that he hit the home runs down the field, and he learned from that missed pass against Jacksonville and some of the other missed opportunities the week before against Cleveland and converted them. And if you convert on your home runs, you can, you can handle missing a few other opportunities because now Darnold has, what, five, six touchdowns over 20 yards? And that's pretty right. good for a quarterback who many were concerned about his overall arm strength. 
Yeah, and I mean, and even I'm, I'm really glad you brought up the the pass against Jacksonville because I had tweeted in during the game. I said, listen, like he's just missing these throws. But one of the things that the Jets and a lot of scouts really, I think, talked up, and you had touched on this in your breakdown of Sam Donald leading up to the draft. He has a very short memory. He doesn't dwell on bad plays as as other rookie quarterbacks tend to do, and he kind of just he turns he turns the page right away. But it was very impressive to see just him bounce back from arguably his worst game against you know against Jacksonville. And again, Jacksonville is arguably the best defense in football, but to see him bounce back versus a very good defense in Denver that had made Pat Mahomes look mortal through the first half of the Monday night football game and to see him hit those home runs, like you mentioned, was absolutely huge for them. But also even like he was taking the underneath stuff. It's just he, he was victimized by a couple of drops. Quincy Anua had two drops. Uh, Jermaine Curse dropped one, but that the arm strength and the touch that he showed on the throws that he did complete was actually something that was impressive to see. So now, after watching that Jets performance against Denver, mm-hmm. does it reset your expectations at all going forward for these next three games? Are they going to be able to do something that we've seen them struggle with in recent years, which is come down, win a big game, and then we see them come out flat the following week? They're going to be favorites against the Colts, who are 1-4. and four. Mm-hmm. They're home. How does this team avoid a letdown? And we saw them do this twice last year, right? They beat Buffalo. No one expected them to. They beat Kansas City. No one expected them to. The following week, they have Tampa and Denver, who were not good teams last year, and they went out and laid eggs in both those games and and lost. So are you looking at this game as a barometer for this overall coaching staff and culture as having improved overall? Well, so two things. One, and again, I'm not going to go all, you know, Jim Fossil and put all my chips to the center of the table and say we're going to the playoffs. I, so, no, I mean, I still think this is a seven-win team, um, and I and I, that was my prediction before the season, and I and I will stick to it. The one thing that I that I think this game does, and again, because it's a good matchup for the Jets, because Andrew Luck has, I think he's played really well, but T.Y. Hilton has been not really impressive. They may have found a running back in Naheem Hines, but realistically, the Jets have done a decent job with running backs like him, um, and the defense is still pretty atrocious. So I think the Jets will have their opportunity to take shots downfield. I What I want to see is that, which you mentioned. Again, the biggest thing to change culture is wins. And this team has not had a two-game winning streak in a very long time. And, all, and considering how much parity is in this league and how often we see teams go from last place to first place. And you have the Patriots looking vulnerable. Miami has now regressed back to who we thought they were before the season. Buffalo for, continues to try to find ways to win despite Josh Allen looking like the quarterback that everybody thought he was going to look like um but they have to come out and win man because again you have you have buffalo now uh, sorry you have indianapolis now and then you have minnesota kirk cousins comes into town and now kirk cousins is in the middle of a, of a pretty good year but he also did just lay an egg against buffalo so he's not immune to these things and if you want to get to just about the halfway mark at four and three or even feel good at three and four you have to we have to win this game because you cannot go two and five with the remaining nine games on the schedule because then i feel like you're just playing it out at that point yeah, no, I agree. And I think it was encouraging. Look, the Jets had their back against the wall going into this Denver right. game, and they, they turned out – it was a lot of people who have been uh, under some scrutiny, right? Todd Bowles uh, at the forefront of that, putting together his best game plan, probably of the season, arguably you know that of the Detroit game. Jeremy Bates has rightfully been getting some heat for his play calling, mm-hmm. dialed up a really nice game. And then Isaiah Crowell, who is coming off three really disappointing games, has – you know, the game of his life, running for over 200 yards and a touchdown. Terrell Pryor, like you previously mentioned, kind of out of the rotation at receiver, making a one-handed catch. And I think what's exciting about this Jets offense is that 
we haven't had a game yet where Anderson and Inouye are both hitting on all cylinders, right? We've had big Inouye games, we've had big Anderson games, but we haven't had them both hitting at the exact same time. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see what this offense looks like if both of them are rolling, never mind if guys like Pryor and Crowell are playing up to their ability. Uh, do you think this is an offense that we could see maybe exceed that 30-point number a few more times this year? Oh, I think I think they exceeded on Sunday. I, 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 it's just the Colts are just a bad matchup for them. I, I, the Colts are starting uh, two. Or they, they bench Quincy Wilson, their cornerback from last year. The best player in their secondary is Malik Hooker. So now they're starting two guys that I don't really like at corner because and they're smaller corners, and you and you have one of the matchup against Adua, who's a big who's a bigger receiver, and then nobody in this league. And I and I'll stand by it. There is not a cornerback in this league that from end to end can keep up with Robbie Anderson on a fly route. There is there isn't one. He's burned so many guys guys so far so i think they go over 30 on sunday i think that the colts this is a good game for them it's a really good matchup they match up really well the colts don't have a pass rush marcus hunt has developed into one of the like their premier pass rusher which if you would have told me that a couple years ago leading up to his leading up to his draft i would have told you that you were smoking something crazy but i he's become their premier pass rusher i think it's interesting because with the jets offense in particular you touched on it right with anua and and anderson not hitting their stride at the same time. You got to remember that these are guys that Robbie Anderson realistically like because he should have he should be further along than Anua because the Jets were bringing Anua slower back because of the injury, right? So he should be further along, but you see Anua get a lot of the targets early on because he's obviously the better receiver. He was able to find ways to get open. And now you're seeing especially in this last game, now the tables are turning a little bit towards Robbie Anderson. So now you wonder is there going to be is there going to be a more regression to the mean with both of them where you see them equal out in targets? I think they will. But also don't forget about the tight ends because I think Jordan Leggett had a really nice game blocking and also again was able to find some soft zones. Sam missed them a couple times because he looked elsewhere, but he was open in the zone a lot. And Chris Herndon, again, I think Chris Herndon has a higher ceiling than Leggett, but they both serve a purpose in the blocking game and they both have sure hands in the passing game. So I think they both could actually see an increase in targets this week as well. Yeah, I think you hit on a good underrated thing about Leggett and Herndon. They've done a good job holding up his blockers, even though they haven't really got going in the passing game. And I do think we will get Neil Sterling back sooner rather than later. And he's a good security blanket for Sam Darnold underneath. And then you have those three guys going as parts of the offense. All of a sudden, maybe you start seeing a little more consistency. And I feel like this Colts game really trends towards almost being like a must-win for this team. Knowing that you have Minnesota coming in, knowing that you got to go to Chicago and deal with that defense – if this team's going to hover around 500, they need to handle business at home against teams like the Colts. And this should be a matchup that plays to being pretty favorable for them. The Colts' defense has really struggled this year. They've allowed over 34 points three times. Offensively, they're going to make big plays, but they're also going to turn the football over. Andrew Luck still does not have the best protection out there. This feels like the kind of game where Luck's going to rack up a lot of yards and maybe a touchdown or two, but also hand them the ball a couple times. And I don't see any reason to expect the Jets not to be able to get into the high 20s or maybe the low 30s. This feels like a game that you're definitely going to hit the over on, but if the Jets are three or four point favorites, I don't think it's crazy to expect them to cover that, which gets them at three and three, which is where I think most of us kind of figure they'd be through the first six. I know I had them at four and four through the first day, five and five going into the bye. I don't know if that's still fully feasible, but if they win this game, they'll definitely be on track. And 
it's going to be interesting if the Patriots lose to the Chiefs, they go to three and three. The Dolphins mm-hmm. lose to the Bears, they go to three and three. Uh, then you have the Bills who are playing the Texans, whether they end up at two and four or three and three. It does feel like at least a few times over the past few years, we've had the AFC sort of cluster, AFC East sort of clustered together early in the year like this before the Patriots always separate. I feel like last year the Jets were three and three, and the Pats were what either three and three or four and two. I do remember back in I think 2012, all the teams were three and three as well. Uh, so. It's, it always seems to kind of start this way where the Pats hang around a little bit. Do you think they're really going to open up again this year and hit their normal winning streak and win 12 or 13 games? Or is this a Patriot team that maybe only wins 9 or 10 games? Well, so two things that you mentioned. I, the Miami's 3-2 and two feels very, very different than New England's 3-2 and two because, of, because of the fact that Miami has no succession plan in place for now the, the inevitable regression of Ryan Tannehill, who, three, who after week three was named a top five MVP candidate and since then has thrown one touchdown and seven interceptions because Ryan Tannehill is Ryan Tannehill. So if Miami loses to Chicago, which I think they will, so they'll be at 3-3 three and three, and the Jets beat Indianapolis and they're at 3-3. Three and three. Those are two teams that are trending in different directions and their three and threes are not the same because the Jets are doing it with a rookie quarterback, whereas Miami's doing it with a quarterback that they can't get rid of. With that said, I had New England at 10 wins before the season started. I didn't think that they were as good and as loaded as years past. And I also think that just looking at their schedule, this matchup against Kansas City is huge because Pat Mahomes is, again, the front runner for MVP. I think Jared Goff is probably the MVP so far, but Mahomes is no further than second. But you're talking about a Kansas City team that has been able to open up this playbook it, it, tremendously for Pat Mahomes. And one of the reasons the Alex Smith-led Chiefs lost to New England so many times in the playoffs is because you couldn't really do that. So I'm interested to see how Andy Reid coaches with the quarterback that can then go and attack the field from all angles. But Bill Belichick does a really good job with young quarterbacks, right? So it's going to be interesting to see that. I, but I, no, Joe, I, don't, I do not think that this is the year that New England finishes 13-3. and three. They go on a 10-game winning streak and run away with this division. I think that this is going to, I think this is a division that's going to be decided in December. Do I think the Patriots still win? Yeah. But I think there's going to, I think there's going to be team. There are better teams in the AFC right now and watch out for Houston because Deshaun Watson looks a hundred percent healthy. And that's a scary team when he's healthy. So even, even though they're going to end up winning the AFCs, I don't even think they come out of the AFC. Looking at the Jets' remaining matchups within the AFCs, two against New England, one against Miami on the road, two against Buffalo. I feel like if the Jets are going to be a seven and nine or eight and eight team, you probably got to go at least three and two in those games. Uh, Find a way to sweep Buffalo, get another one from Miami, maybe get swept by New England, maybe you steal one from New England, but then you lose one to Buffalo or Miami. But it feels like you go three and two in those games, that puts you at five wins. You handle business against the Colts, that puts you at six wins. Still have a Titans team on the schedule who just lost to Buffalo. Then you have an inconsistent Packers and Texans team as well. It's amazing how much one win can kind of shift perspective on it because I think at this time last year, many people were like, how could the Jets even get three wins this year? Never mind seven or eight. But we'll see now if they could actually handle business at home against the Colts. Who are you looking at as being an X factor in this game on the offensive and defensive side of the football? Well, real quick, it's really interesting that you met. I think this is one of the years that I feel like we do not know anything in the NFL because the Titans beat the Jaguars and the Eagles in back-to-back weeks and then lose to the Bills. And there's a Bills team who 
house Minnesota a couple of weeks ago, but again, looks entirely lost on offense and they may end up trading LaShawn McCoy to Philadelphia. So, I mean, again, it's a crazy, crazy year so far for the jets. I think, so here's Henry Anderson versus Quentin Nelson, I think is a big matchup. And, and again, I'm here for the Henry Anderson revenge game. I think that that, that is what we've all been waiting for all year. So I'm here for that. I think that's going to be a good matchup. Him versus Quentin Nelson was Quentin Nelson. Jadavian Clowney aside has been solid and well worth the six pick overall. So again, Anderson's going to have his hands full unless the jets start rotating Leonard Williams more to the nose or the zero tech. And then you may see him mess up with, with, uh, with Quentin Nelson a little bit more. Uh, so I think Henry Anderson's absolutely an X factor. I think the other guy that's an X factor, and this is if Buster screen is out is Rashad Robinson, who again had a really, really strong spring and summer and a really good preseason before obviously serving his suspension. And so I think with him and with screen probably out because his third concussion, I think they said the third concussion in the last four years. So with him being most likely out though, it's going to fall on Robinson to cover a guy like T Y Hilton, who's, who's moved around in the formations a lot by Frank Wright and that offense. But I think he's the guy that could come up big with one or two turnovers and a sack to seal this game for the jets. I think, yeah, I think that makes sense. It's going to be really interesting to see how this secondary comes together around a few injuries. Yeah. Didn't really feel like they missed a beat all that much last week, which is mildly alarming considering what they're playing. Just a bit. Jermaine Johnson, <laughs> uh, just a little bit, but uh, it's good to flesh out that depth for the long term. A little surprised that they ended up cutting Wilcox uh, instead of Burris, nice. considering Burris really has no role or function on this team. But uh, I guess with the rash of injuries at corner they wanted to play it extra safe there all right Dalvin before we let you go what is your predicted score for Sunday Jets 31 Colts 13 Jets by 18 another romp I will say my prediction for the 12 pack I do think the Jets have a very good chance in this one I'm not sure they're going to win by 18 but hey wasn't sure they were going to beat the Broncos by 18 or beat the uh, beat the Lions by 37 all right Everybody, make sure to go follow Dalvin on Twitter at DA underscore Sario. Make sure to check out all the good work he is doing. Dalvin, any final sign-off words? Uh, yeah, man, it's been a good, it, listen, I had the, I had, uh, I have a pick six article that's ready for like six guys that I would replace Todd Bowles with. But I realized that if I went that route, literally right after the loss to Jacksonville, I would be no better than the, than the other terrible, like troll, like bloggers that are out there. And TOJ is better than that. We are not reactionary. So I'm saving it for the next big loss that Todd Bowles gives us. I like that plan. That sounds more than reasonable. All right, Dalvin, thank you for joining us and thank you everybody for listening. We'll be back next week.